Hallelujah. What a great worship time. What a great chilly time. By the way, we have a little bit of chili left. If anybody wants to lay out in the middle of I-35 and direct the cars here, we'll feed the whole town for a while. Visitors, people going back home, stuff. There's going to be provisions for you to be able to take some home with you. So make sure that you take full advantage of that. And by the way, just so you'll not feel like, I don't want to take somebody else's food. When we empty these that were laid out, we have three more crockpots. Okay, so you take all you want. Okay, did I say all? Okay, praise God. Praise God. Well, 2023. Glory to God. Sorry for those. I apologize for those of you that uh, didn't get the word on Christmas Eve that we switched it. If you'd been getting your text messages... Or like Kenneth, he acknowledged the fact he got his, but he didn't read it. Uh, See, your sin will find you out, right? So uh, we did, everybody on the list got at least, what, two or three text messages. uh, And it was on Facebook and various other places. So uh, we did switch it because it was extreme cold. And I know that some of you had some previous plans uh, for for when we did have it, but we also had some people here that never had been here before yeah. coming that night. We had a couple and we had an individual, so that was cool. And uh, I'm actually meeting up with one of those people, and uh, it's cool what God can do. So see, he takes all the little things that we go, oh no, and goes, oh yes, <laughs> praise God. Um, next Sunday... Pastor Kelly will be sharing a message. He'll be talking about certain aspects of prayer. And uh, it's a teaching that all of us as Christians should strive to be more involved. And he'll also going to deal with some of the things you hear about prayer all the time from different people that really, they're not biblical. And uh, the good hearts saying something that, you know, just because you have more people praying more harder and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> it's going to get done any differently. Uh, so anyway, he's going to cover some things that will be really good, to be good instruction, and it'll lay you out for 2023 in your prayer life to have a little more <clears throat> in your prayer punch. Praise God. You know him. I mean, he's going to bring it, so... That's it. Wednesday night, January the 4th, our first Wednesday night, we're going to be starting a series next week, but this week is a worship night and a night of prophecy. So if you've never been in a meeting like that, or if you're hungry to be in one right now, well, guess what? Uh, It's being provided. So uh, Joe Schrader, the apostle of Faith Arrow Ministries, is going to be sharing with us after the worship segment, which will be a little longer than normal. Praise God. So be sure and be here. Take advantage of what God has placed before you. And I cannot think of a better time for Joe to be here than the first Wednesday night of the year. Praise God. So we're looking forward to that. Bring somebody with you. It's a good opportunity. Uh, 
You can tell him that your pastor who preached on hell is not going to be preaching. So, <laughs> And then the following Wednesday, we'll be starting a uh, series on the covenant. And uh, that's going to be better than you'll ever think or know until you get there. That's changed a lot of lives, including mine. Praise God. Okay. Um, oh, Pastor Kelly, I meant to mention to you, would you turn the thermostats up to 100 degrees, please? But, yeah, they, yeah. The message today is hell. We want to give you a reality experience. <laughs> Come back here, backslider. <laughs> well, why would I speak on hell? Thank you for asking that question. First of all, you will not, you probably have not heard too many sermons on hell. Uh, I think that in almost 70 years of being a church attender, can't be that many, 50, 60, there's a portion of my life that wasn't in church. Anyway, I think I've heard two sermons on hell. One of them was David Wilkerson. And if you know anything about Dave Wilkerson, you know it was hot and heavy. And he was preaching to pastors. And it opened my eyes. I am not going to attempt to preach the message that he did or anything close to it. Uh, but it'll scare the hell out of you to hear a message like that. I promise you. Um, he, he was, you know, worked in that prophetic realm and man, he painted a picture of hell. Ah, but the reason that I want you to hear it is that many Christians, although while believing in it are ignorant of what hell is all about, uh, progressive Christianity, quote unquote, doesn't believe in it. No, doesn't believe in it. Loving God wouldn't send anybody to hell. Christian cults like the Jehovah Witnesses, for instance, and most all of those cults do not believe in hell, even though it's so solid in the Bible. It's a great check, by the way, for false religions. You're, you're wanting to know about a new religion. Check real, uh, real quickly on who Jesus is and is there a heaven and hell. And that'll knock about 99.99% of them out of the picture. Very good test. Those two questions. Who is Jesus and is there a heaven and hell afterlife? Many denominations and other Christian church talk about salvation through good works, water baptism, the Eucharist, and other means is the reason they get to go to heaven. And if that's all they've got, they will end up in hell. The world in 1985, for instance, you could walk up to somebody on the street and you would almost say every single one of them, if you asked one question, excuse me, if you died today, God forbid, would you wake up in heaven or hell? And people would give you some kind of an answer because they believe in heaven. Everybody wants to believe in heaven. And 
they believed there was a hell. They just need to wake up and find out about it. You do that today and you're, you could very well get somebody that would believe that or you very well get somebody, I don't believe in either one of them. Man, there ain't no hell, that's just heaven. You know, Bible was changed. They changed that through the years. Yeah, well, if you studied it and researched it, you'd find out that's a bunch of baloney. Because of some confusion in the translations, different translations using different words uh, to mean or to say certain words, um, there's been a little confusion about what is hell or what are the different aspects of hell, etc. Well, we're going to go to the Greek words today and use those for clarification. And I want to dwell upon what is clear in Scripture, not other facets that may not necessarily be clear. So I'm not here today to try to scare you or anything like that. But I do believe if you'll listen, you'll be convicted by the Holy Spirit to end up to share truth with others a little better and a little more often. Amen? Okay, uh, looking at English words, the word for hell in the Old Testament is Sheol, S-H-E-O-L. That's the English word. Now, that's a little different than what the New Testament talks about because the New Testament talks about different aspects and different parts of it. So we're going to stay on the Greek. We're going to stay in the New Testament. Um, and we're going to look at mostly the words of the Lord. Okay? We'll look at some others too, but we're going to look at mostly the words of the Lord. We're going to start off today in Luke chapter 16. Luke 16. And verse 19. Luke 16, 19. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. He just thought he did because he was living back then when luxury was having a glass of water in your hand. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Pretty destitute. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. The new living says in Hades, King James says in hell, where he was in torment. When the Bible says that somebody's being tormented, Honey, they're being tormented. It ain't nice. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. This is the afterlife. This is a depiction of it. Here's the rich dude, didn't trust God, ended up in hell, in Hades, and we'll make that distinction a little bit. And here, Lazarus, the guy that was just Nobody would want to talk to him, probably. Imagine the sores and stuff oozing out of his body. Him begging for just a few morsels. He's in heaven. He's with right there with Abraham. Now, it's interesting they're in the same main place. But as it says, there was a, he, Abraham was far off, so they weren't close. The word Hades is the word that's used here in the Greek. It's pronounced a little different like it. It's a das, I believe it is. But it's, an, it's, um, 
Hades is the place of departed souls. Okay? Now, that was basically in effect until the resurrection. Okay? So it's all Old Testament in the time that Jesus was here on earth before he was raised from the dead. So verse 24, we pick it back up. By the way, uh, the, new, the King James, if you're reading King Jimmy, or probably New King James, I didn't check it, but probably the word Hades is either translated grave or hell. One of the two. It means one and the same thing. Verse 24, so he called him, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. You imagine he wants this sore, infested guy to stick his finger in water and bring it to him? Now, you can't tell me that he's not thirsty. My gosh. Because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things. While Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this between us and you, there's a great chasm that has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot and nor can anyone cross over from there to us. So much for purgatory and all the last chances, second chances and all kind of stuff. Okay. Now, a chasm is like a great, huge canyon with no bottom, okay? So it's not just a wall or something. It's, it's a huge bottom, and if you jump off into it, guess what? If you could, I don't know if it's allowable, but if you could jump off into it, you'd just be falling the rest of your life throughout eternity. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, verse 27. He answered, then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Even though the resurrection is the single most provable event in ancient history, people will not believe. Why? Because they don't want to believe. So Hades is a temporary holding place with two very different compartments, you might say. One is now empty. Because when Jesus was raised from the dead, the Bible says he led captivity captive. He, took, he led all those that were Old Testament saints who would deserve heaven with him to heaven. Okay? So that side of it now is empty. But the bad side's still going on for a while. Okay? So it's still being filled today. If somebody dies today without the Lord, they will be in this place that he called Abraham's bosom. Excuse me, the opposite from Abraham's bosom. Abraham's gone. He flew away with Jesus. Is everybody with me so far? Okay. So Hades is a place of torment. It's a temporary place. 
It will be emptied. The other side will be emptied. Right now, the, the, if you want to say it this way, the good side's empty. The bad side is getting more and more people every day. Hades is found five times in the Synoptic Gospels, Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, used by the Lord every time of those, and one reference is made to him in Acts. Okay, and actually it's two references right there together. The, the word's twice there, right there together. So we're going to take a quick look at those scripture verses. Matthew eleven twenty three. These are in the words of our Lord. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted up to the skies? No, you will go down to the depths. King, J, J, King Jimmy says hell. Okay. If the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. So he's not only saying that you guys have sinned way beyond belief, but he's also saying there is a day of judgment that you will be found in, and there are different degrees of judgment. In one place he said there, those that deserve more stripes will get more stripes. And, uh, so we don't really know all that there is to know about that, whether that's different holding departments or, or what it is, because I can't imagine any of that punishment just being one time. Like, okay, you get five stripes, you get three, you get one, y'all go to the same place. It's probably going to be a different part of hell. That's, that's just my, that's my guess, okay? I can't not promise you that scripturally but it would make reasonable sense to say that. Matthew 16, 17. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of... King James says hell. NIV says death. Okay? will not overcome it. It's the word Hades in the Greek. Will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now you'll notice I'm going to be read a lot of just one, two, three verse sections today just to give you an idea overall of what, what, what hell is and also to let you know those verses for you to do more study then in Acts 2.31, this of course is Peter preaching, seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead. King James says that his soul was not left in hell. Here again, the word is Hades. Nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life and we're all witnesses of that fact. Amen. Did you know that, there's, of course, there's several versions of the Apostle Creed, not a lot of difference, but uh, a different wording when you get it in English. The Apostle's Creed, which is a foundational statement for belief of the church, does say that Jesus descended to hell, and that's what they're talking about. He went to Hades for three days and nights. He wasn't at a party. He died for us. 
Okay, we're going to continue with Luke 16 now. Um, no, we're not. I'm on the wrong page. Okay. Two pages down, 98 more to go. Okay. Now, the other main word that we find in the New Testament is Guiana, which is normally translated hell. Here are some examples from the text. Now, you're going to see that this word, this, this whole thing about hell is not that hard to grasp. And I've heard people, and you probably have too, well, there's so many words about this and that and that over there and this over there, and I, I'm just confused. It's really simple if you sit down and just go through the word. It really is. Hades and hell are the two words, and the word hell is Guiana. Okay? So if we look in the Greek, it's Hades and Guiana. And I'm probably mispronouncing that one, but I'm pronouncing Hades right. Some call it Hades. I call it, some people call it hell. I call it Hades. Uh huh. We'll see how many people smiling over that one. Remember that movie? <laughs> I get Pastor James over here, and he really says it good. Um, okay, Matthew five twenty two. And these are just some examples. I'm not going to explain them or do a lot of preaching or anything today. I just want to go through them, read them for you. I want you to see it, understand it, and see how easy this is to understand when you do it this way. Matthew 5, 22. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. And again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. James says something about your tongue being like hell. <laughs> yeah. Believe in your heart and say it with your mouth. Matthew 5, 29. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. And throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Okay, we're talking about Guiana. Okay, not Hades, Guiana. Everything we're talking here is Guiana. Okay, regardless of what the English translation is. That's part of the problem. Different translations translate different Greek words a little differently. And so you read four or five translations, you come out going, <laughs> you know, what's, what's here? Matthew 13, 42. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So we know it's hot. We know they're going to be crying and they're going to be gritting their teeth. It's so horrible. Matthew 25, 46. Then they will go away to eternal punishment but the righteous to eternal life. I'll explain a little bit more about that in a minute. Mark 9.42. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone was hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. That wouldn't be too much fun, would it? Middle Pacific Ocean, 
with a 150-pound millstone tied to your neck? Verse 43, if your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed with two hands to go to, into hell where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. Where, and he quotes Isaiah, their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. It's pretty serious stuff here. Pretty serious. So what we have right now is a representation from Sheol to Hades, one and the same, crossing from Old Testament to New Testament. And then we have the mention of Yana, which is hell itself. And we're going to find out some things that will tie this all together to talk, to show you that the ultimate place is Guiana. Okay? That's very biblical, very, very easy to put together when you do it this way. Now, um, Let me give you, I've got a lot of examples. I'm going to skip a lot of these. Um, here are some examples of the New Testament description of hell. I'm just going to read you like one verse through the Bible. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Guiana. Matthew 25, 46, they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Guiana. Philippians 3, 19, their end is destruction. Destruction. No, we're not talking about a car wreck here. We're talking about a spirit wreck. Their God is their stomach and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Nor destruction. Guiana. 2 Thessalonians 1.9, they will be punished with everlasting destruction and their glory is in their shame. Excuse me. <clears throat> Let me try that again. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. That's the single one most important thing you learn about it when you realize that God will not be in hell his presence will not be there, and you would never, ever be able to accept it, to enjoy it, or to live in it. We are so minded on what I'm going to do tomorrow, we can't think about a hundred years from now, a thousand years from now, a million years from now, a world without end. But God has already thought about it. And he's already done what we caused him to do. My, my. Hebrews 10, 19. But we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. 2 Peter 2, 1, uh, excuse me, 2 Peter 2, 17. These people are springs without water and mist driven by a storm. Blackest darkness is reserved for them. That's the way the NIV describes it. 
See all the different words that are used to describe an aspect of Guiana? Jude 13. They are wild waves of the sea, foaming up their shame. Wandering stars for whom blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Blackest darkness is Guiana. Revelation 2.11. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Those who are victorious will not be hurt by the second death. The second death, Guiana. Revelation 19.20. But the beast was captured, and with him the false prophets who had performed the signs on his behalf. With these signs he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. And worshipped his image. Mark of beast and worship his image. I'm just saying that because nobody talks about worship his image. They just talk about the mark of the beast. They're afraid you're going to get it and they're going to go to hell. We have to worship the beast. Or the, you know, it's pretty plain, isn't it? That's an amen. Thank you. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Wow. And by the way, I, we did not put these scriptures on the board, but uh, we are going to put a list of them at, at the close of the service. I just wanted you to stay with me on the same, same trip and everything, okay? Revelation 20, 14. Then death and Hades, death and Hades, death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. All those whose names were not found written in the book of life were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire in the Greek is Guiana. Some people think there's three or four hells and that kind of stuff. There may be for punishment. But when people tell me, well, I'm not so sure about, they think hell is one place and lake of fire is another. They say, well, I don't really believe in hell. It doesn't make any difference what they believe or not believe. The final deal is it all, all of those who are against God will end up in the lake of fire or again or, or whatever you want to call it. And that's the final place. There's nothing after that. There's no turning back. There's no turning back from, uh, from Hades. It's too late then. This song we sang, uh, second song, no, third song. He said that you gave us life before the grave. Oh, I love that. The life of God before the grave. Oh, that makes me happy clappy. <laughs> Not how great a person I am. <laughs> so what Jesus did. Praise God. Now, do you see how this is coming together? I think there's one more here. Um, Revelation 21.8, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, <clears throat> the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. There's a more, little more glimpse.
of the lake of fire of Guiana. Folks, this is serious stuff. Serious. And, you know, it's like I wanted to start this day off with a great look at the future. And there is one. There's a great look to the future. If we can get the Christians talking about hell in the right way, there's going to be people saved. There's going to be people like Cammie and me who got the hell scared out of us. Right, Cammie? (laughs) You know, it was selfish reasons that I got saved. But then after I had been in a few months and started to read the Word and go to church and things, it's like, oh my gosh, this is great life. Great life. Even if eternity wasn't even true, I'd still want it. And I I mean that seriously. It's that good. It's that good. So this settles it. Regardless of what all you see in the Bible and what someone else sees in the Bible about hell, number one, Jesus spoke about it a lot. He spoke about hell more than he did heaven. And he spoke a lot more than I've mentioned here. I just mentioned a, few, a little bit of it. And secondly, regardless of whatever any, any, anyone may think, it's emphatically clear that people who do not come to Jesus in repentance, trusting him as Lord and Savior, will end up in the lake of fire, a.k.a. hell, Guiana. Now, I just briefly mentioned 2 Peter 2, 4 says the uh, darkness that the angels were preserved, da-da-da-da-da. That's uh, Tartaru. And don't worry about it, okay? It's, it's a specific thing. It has nothing to do with human beings. Don't worry about it. Don't get confused by it, okay? There are a lot of other things that I've read in the Bible, and uh, they'll have some kind of a reference to it. But this, I believe, these verses, I believe, are the meat of an understanding that we can have that, yes, life is eternal. It's eternal in a good way, or it's eternal in a bad way. If you're a real, real bad, evil, molester, whatever, then you'll end up, without repentance, you'll end up in hell. You will go right now, if somebody dies, they will go to Hades. And at the second coming, when the judgment day takes place, everybody will either be with Jesus or they will be put in judgment. And the, after the tribulation and everything, the lake of fire will hold death and hell. And everybody that doesn't know Jesus Christ and hasn't made him Lord, hasn't made him Savior, will end up there forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Can you believe it? Forever. Now, don't carry the burden you're not supposed to carry. One plants or sows, one waters, sprinkler system. But God gives the increase. But I want to encourage you to sow and to water, to pray for that person, 
some of the best Christians, and some of them are in this building right now, were real jerks at one time. Good place to say amen. amen. <laughs> I guarantee you, I certainly count as one. I might be the king jerk in here. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, this is real stuff. And if we say that we love people, would we want them to go to this place called Guiana? Would we want them to end up there where the fire never goes out? Burning sulfur? It stinks too. Oh my gosh. Let the tender spot of your heart be open today. On YouTube, if you're not a Christian, a born-again follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, a wholehearted follower, I implore you, please be saved. Please bow your knee to Jesus. Please confess with your tongue and your mouth the Lord Jesus. I saw an article the other day about New Year's and it said that this is one of those positive motivation deals. And they're saying, you can do this, 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 and this. And here's the way that you don't lose your New Year resolution. Every Monday, make it a New Year's Day. And I thought, how silly. How about every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I get in the Word of God and I worship God and I talk about Jesus. Then I won't lose anything. Praise God. <laughs> That's like, you, all your positive motivation make you feel good? Because sometimes when I read my Bible, I don't feel real good until I say a prayer of repentance. Then I feel a whole lot better. <laughs> but I get the feelings because I'm on the right track. Not because I'm puffing my mind up with a bunch of man's ideas and thoughts and ways and trials of trying to do things. Let's all pray and share with everyone that we possibly can the glorious truth of Jesus Christ, Him crucified and resurrected. Hell is real. Here's one little thing that we all can do. Some of you may not be applicable to this. It may not be, but let's use the word hell in seriousness. One H of this, one H of that, and scared the hell out of me. You think so? How about, that's hot as hell in here. By the way, Kelly forgot to, I think he'd get the wrong button there a while ago. <laughs> it's hot as hell? No, it's not. There's not a place on earth that's going to be that hot. It's going to be thousands of times hotter. Don't use those expressions. I'm... Checking on me. Don't use those expressions. Don't, don't compare everything to hell. Because there is no comparison. It's so much worse than you can think. And when that word hell is used over and over and over and over and over and in our society today, they drop F-bombs all over the place on the internet and TV. And I mean, it's crazy. I can't believe it. It wasn't that bad in the Marine Corps when I was in it, you know? And they had to outdo the, the Navy. <laughs> 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 
But we need to, to use our words because the Bible says in Matthew 12, 33, 34, along there, that we'll give account for every idle word that comes out of our mouth. For by your words you're justified, and by your words you're condemned. Now, that doesn't mean that you've got to watch every word you say, and you've got to you know, check it with the dictionary and Pastor Kelly both before you can say it. But it does mean we need to be wiser about our language. And when people see that, man, that was fun as heaven. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it scared the heaven out of me almost, you know. Why not change the word? Amen. Of course, heaven's better than anything you can ever think. We know that. But just them hearing the word will help so many people. Just to put the realization that you don't use that word of hell slightly, but you use it seriously because it has meaning. Yeah. Jesus, every time he used that word, he was very serious about it. And we need to be like Jesus and be very serious about when we start talking about things like hell. Because I don't think there's a person on this earth that any of us want to see end up there. When Saddam Hussein was killed, my first thought was, I hope he made a deathbed conversion. I'm serious. And he's one of the most detestable people that's ever walked on this earth. I don't see anybody go there because Jesus died for everyone. His blood shed is enough for every person past, present, or in the future, to have redemption and to be part of the family of God. I want to be like the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 when he was talking about salvation. And he pauses for a minute and he says, You be reconciled to God. He says that between 5.17 and 5.21. Between the, the salvation, talking about creation, being a new creation and about the righteousness of God. Be reconciled to God. My hope, my prayer is that all of us can see many people, think 200, many people born again. If you bring in a clean person, that's fine. But you can bring all the dirty ones in you want to. Because they need to be cleaned up. The madman of Gadara saved he went and preached to ten cities and preached the deliverance and the power of Jesus Christ to them. And those, those ten cities got saved. Ten cities from the worst example we have of anyone in the Bible. Oh my gosh. And looking at you, sweet, lovely face, I know you could do something too. <laughs> Praise God. Let's see if I got anything else in here. I wanted to make sure we didn't forget. It's a choice. Every person makes his or her own choice. Heaven, hell. God has always done his part, and the Holy Spirit will continue to work with people. We're ambassadors of Christ Jesus, we're ministers of reconciliation. When we're in conversation with people, we want to be like the Apostle Paul. By the way, do you know Jesus? By the way, I've got a really good friend. I just wondered if you know him. His name is Jesus Christ. 
Yeah. Well, he knows you. And today could be your day to shore up your understanding of him and your obedience to him. And the main thing that you have to obey him for is to give him yourself. That's number one. He'll clean you up. He'll give you a fresh start. He'll forgive give all your sins. I'm not even smart enough to know my own sins. All of them. Can you imagine writing all your sins down? <laughs> God knows them all or did it one time. Now he's forgot them. Because he said he would. So your sins are forgiven. Wouldn't it be great to see people in Oklahoma City and other areas walking down the street, they're all born again, filled with the Spirit. Do you think that wouldn't change this community? You wouldn't think it changed this country. We could be examples of light. We could be salty for Jesus. We can be a fool for Jesus. Because whose fool are you? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for this lovely family you've put together. Thank you, Lord, that you're giving us increase. Thank you, Lord, that you're working on our hearts so that we more, know more to be able to share with people. Thank you, Lord, that we're digging into the Word individually as well as collectively. We're finding out the things that we were not clear on before, and we're sharing those things to be effective because we are ambassadors and we want to be good ones. We want to be little evangelists and little apologists and little pastors and little everything else, whatever you want us to be. We want to be that under you, the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ. And when we're all joined to the same head, we're all in it together. Thank you, bless you, and we praise you, Jesus, that you've done everything sufficient for us to have eternal life forever and forever. It's a free gift lest any man should boast. Not anything that we can do. You've done it all. We just give ourselves to you. Trust you. Our full trust in the name of Jesus for a significant resurrection, so to speak, in our own lives. For the new life coming up out of us. The wellspring of life. You, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Praise God. Somebody praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo. Glory. Glory. Pastor Kelly's going to come up, and he's going to lead us in a little uh, time of prayer. Uh, Southern Evangelical Seminary is one that I kind of follow around, and, uh, and praise God for their apologetic program and other things. Uh, if you watch Frank Turk uh, on the internet, uh, he's a graduate of that, and he speaks highly of it, and uh, other, other things are certainly available. But I've told him that we would be praying with them today. They've taken 24 hours out, and we're going to be praying for our country. So if you'll bear with us, we're going to pray about 10 or 15 minutes, and uh, we're going to pray for the country, and Pastor Kelly's going to lead us, okay? Thank you. Prayer is the most important 
part of our life. Uh, and we know prayer, and I'll be talking about it this next Sunday. Don't you dare miss it. Look at your neighbor and say, don't miss next Sunday. Look at someone else and say, don't you miss next Sunday. Okay. Prayer is important. Look at your neighbor and say, prayer is important. Okay. And, and we, we flip it around and we say, you know, in a Christian, you know, uh, backgrounds, you know, we, we just talk about pray, 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 pray. And I, I almost get a place where I'm thinking, oh, I wonder if we just take it flippantly. It's just not another word that we use in our Christianese alphabet. Okay? And it's, it's literally, uh, it is our life source. It's our life source. And so we want to take a few minutes and we want to um, lift up this nation. And what a time to do it in a new year. Yeah? So look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, this is a good start. Okay, we need to uh, make sure, okay, that we start off this year right, okay, and that we're going to be praying for our nation. Uh, too often, Pastor talked about how uh, our words are very powerful. And sometimes I think, you know, we talk about our nation. I wonder what we're saying over our nation. Amen. Do you have a redemptive end to your story about this nation? Or are you just slamming it, saying all kinds of terrible things? It's going to go to hell in a handbasket. Remember that old phrase? <laughs> and then we don't leave it with any restorative value. Do you believe that this nation can be restored? God's able. Hallelujah. So we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Amen. So. Let's, let's move forward. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do thank you for 2022 and what it did. Father, all that, it, all that took place through all the highs and all the lows, Father, of this nation. Uh, you were able to show yourself strong. You were able to show yourself faithful through it all. We do thank you for this United States of America. We know there are many faults, Lord, many things that, uh, in this nation, as with all nations, um, we're, we're not perfect. And, but, Father, we want to thank you for the um, historical truths, Father, about this nation, how it got started. Father, the prayers that were prayed from the shores of this nation from the beginning and some prophetic things that were spoken about how this nation would um, challenge and completely bring life and hope, Father, to the whole world. Father, we uh, stand upon that, and we are reminded of it, that, Father, that that doesn't change. It stands strong. Father, just like you, you have a blueprint, Father, over every one of us, and you have a blueprint for nations, I believe, Father. And so we pray over this nation in agreement, Father, with your blueprint, for this nation. Father, that your plan for this nation is always to be a blessing, to be, Father, all that it's meant to be, Father, to be uh, a light and to be a strength, Father God, to be a source of freedom uh, for others to see. Uh, Father, we thank you and praise you, Father, that, that you, O oh Lord, are our 
opening doors for this nation, even in this new year. You're opening doors, hallelujah, to, to bring forth great things in this world in Jesus' name. But Father, we take a few moments and we stand in the gap for this nation. For we're in need of repair. We're in need of repentance. We're in need of a doctor. And his name is Jesus. And so Jesus, we call upon you as a body of believers. According to your word, Father, it says that the prayer of a righteous man and woman avails much. And so we stand upon that truth, and we know that our praying, Father, right now, reaches the ears of heaven, and that, Father, uh, we come boldly, and we uh, lay our lives down, Father, and we say, Father, bring forth, bring forth a spirit of repentance upon this land. Come forth, Father. Release, Father. And we know your word says that, that repentance comes out of your goodness and out of your kindness, Lord. Out of your kindness comes repentance, Father. So we speak, Father, for a spirit of your kindness, Lord, to rush across the borders of this nation from north, south, east to west, Father. Release such a powerful, such a wonderful kindness over this nation, Father, that it draws people to repentance, Father. It brings them to their knees, Jesus, because they see that you're such an amazing God, that you're such a powerful God, that you are everything that you said you are. Father, we pray right now that the church would repent. The church would repent, Father God, of its, of its wickedness, Father, of its lethargy, of its lack. Or uh, lacking, Father, they don't even know that the Holy Spirit is real. A lot of them don't. Father, we pray right now, Father, that you would rise up. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, show yourself, hallelujah, powerful. Show yourself amazing. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, show that you are indeed who you say you are. Hallelujah. We just thank you that you will uh, come against all of the, uh, all of the percentages that say that, that uh, people don't really believe you. Hallelujah. Just come and show, Father, that you are who you say you are. Hallelujah. Father, we pray right now that as you move uh, all over the place, you're knocking on hearts. You're knocking on the doors of hearts, Father, all over this nation. Christians and non-Christians alike, Father. Hallelujah. Showing them, Father, prodding them, Father, deep in the depths of their hearts, Lord. Where are they? Where are they going? Where do they stand with you, Father? Not out of ugliness and out of hatred and out of pointing the finger and accusation and condemnation and guilt and shame. Father, that's not you. But, Father, out of sheer love, and out of the, the, what Jesus did on the cross, 
That story will be shouted and declared and decreed, and it will have its powerful truth. It'll have its powerful testimony, and it will open the eyes of the blind. It will open the ears of the deaf. Hallelujah. It will open the minds of the unlearned, Father, and it will bring forth, Father God, such a revelation, Lord. We speak revelation to roar across this nation, true revelation to come forth, hallelujah, that you may be seen for who you really are. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, that Christians, Father God, they'll see where they have missed it and they will uh, embrace you wholeheartedly, Father, hallelujah, and they will declare and decree the message from their lips in Jesus' name because it comes from their hearts because their hearts have changed, Father, in Jesus' name. Those who are in this place, hallelujah, we will become spokesmen, hallelujah, we will be spokesmen, Father God, for your word for your gospel for your truth hallelujah hallelujah we will we will be prompted by your spirit hallelujah and we will go forth and declare as you lead us in the name of Jesus hallelujah may this be seen and 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 understood father across this nation in Jesus name hallelujah you'll start with a few father but you it will Explode to many, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Father, your word declares in, in uh, 2 Chronicles, Father, uh, chapter 7, verse 14, it says, If my people, if the people of God, hallelujah, who are called by my name, if they will humble themselves, and if they will pray, and if they will seek my face, and if they will turn from their wicked ways. Father, you're talking to us, not the, uh, not the uh, unbeliever. You're talking to us. You're talking to your, your very own people. Father, stir within us in this new year. Hallelujah. That we, O oh Lord, will humble ourselves. You will show us what it means to humble ourselves, Lord. Hallelujah. And that we would pray, show us how to pray, just like your, your, your uh, disciples Lord, said, Lord, teach us, show us how to pray. Father, and seek my face, Father, show us what it means to seek your face, Lord. What does that look like, Father? Hallelujah, give us uh, some, some uh, things that we can hold to, Father, that show what it means to seek your face, Lord. Hallelujah. And to turn from our wicked ways, Father. Hallelujah. Father, you're calling us to turn, Father, from that wickedness. Whatever that wickedness may be, Father, you know the darkness that's in our hearts. Hallelujah. And you will shed light upon that darkness. And when you do, hallelujah, you will show us how to turn from that darkness, how to turn from that wickedness, how to move into that light, how to embrace that which you have that is total, clear, pure light in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for that, Lord. Hallelujah. We are turning from our wicked ways, Lord, our selfish way of thinking. Hallelujah. The way we think is right, Lord. Hallelujah. And yet it, it puts you at bay and pushes you away, Father. Lord, we come to you. We humble ourselves, Lord. We pray. We seek your face and turn from our wickedness, Lord. Hallelujah. And as we do, your promise to us, your promise 
promise to us is that you will hear from heaven. You will. You will. Hallelujah. And you will forgive. You will forgive. And you will heal our land. This land is so broken right now, Father. But there's nothing that you cannot fix. Nothing that you cannot put back together and make stronger than it was before. Hallelujah. We thank you for that, Lord. You've done it before. You've shown us in your word that you've done it before. Hallelujah. And you will do it again. Hallelujah. You will do it again. You will do it again. In fact, Father, as we pray right now in our spirit, the eyes of our heart, we see this nation already put back together. We see it in the spirit. We see it by faith. Faith is those things that are not. We see those things that are not as though they what? Already are. We see our nation put back together. We see our nation walking and moving by the Spirit of God as a body, as one. United states. Not divided. Our purpose, our blueprint was for united states. Not for divided states. Not for you and me and we all have our separate way. But we do it together as one. We move with you. We see this nation moving with you. Urged and stirred and prompted by your spirit. Father, we pray over our leaders right now in Jesus' name. We pray over our leaders, no matter how wicked they are or how righteous they are, Father, is is not what we're doing. We're praying over our leaders the Father, that you would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that they may know, hallelujah, that they may know you. And that, Father, that they, that the, uh, the eyes of their heart would be flooded with light so they know the hope to which they are called as leaders of this nation in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. They will be moved by your spirit. They may not even know fully what's happening, but Father, they sense this prompting to say this or do this or sign this or put this into being. Because we are a nation who is coming back to you. We are coming back to you. Father, your word says in Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and then put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine, United States, before others, so that they may see your good works, yet again, United States, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. May the nations see the comeback of the United States. See the glorious works that this nation will once again walk in. Hallelujah. And give glory to God. There'll be no other way that they'll be able to say it had to be God. Hallelujah. We see the nations coming, running. Hallelujah. Father, your word says that we can ask and you will give us the nations. 
And so as this nation is in repair and is being brought back together, Hallelujah, we're calling in the nations. We're calling in the nations, Lord. Hallelujah, that there may be many, hallelujah, that will fill, hallelujah, the mansions of heaven and that the gates of hell will not prevail against your church. It says it in your word. Hallelujah, that we will depopulate hell and we will populate heaven in Jesus' mighty name. And you are at the source of that. Hallelujah. Hearts will change. Hallelujah. And the gates of hell, Father. Hallelujah. Will become sparse. The, the population of hell. Hallelujah. Will become sparse. Hallelujah. And the population of heaven will be in abundance. Hallelujah. So we thank you for this nation being a prime part of seeing this world one for Christ Jesus. We thank you. And we have a marvelous part to play here at Church of Tomorrow. 200. Oh, we even see more, Father. Give us eyes to see the 200 and more. Hallelujah. We bless you and thank you for it, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for the great promises that are found in Christ Jesus. They are yes to us. They are yes to America. They are yes to the church. Hallelujah. And we stand in that and agree with it. Hallelujah. And we call this nation blessed. We call this nation blessed. We call this nation blessed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against this nation shall prosper. Every tongue that rises in judgment against this nation is condemned. Our heritage is servants of the Lord. Hallelujah. And, and the recompense will come from you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you and praise you, Father, for it. In Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah. Is everyone in agreement with that? Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give him glory for it. Keep those things in the, in the heart. Mary pondered these things in her heart. Ponders these things and allow them to continue to allow you to pray. Hallelujah. Until we see the fruit of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. See, that's what prayer is. We're going to learn more about that on Sunday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So don't forget next Sunday, right back to the regular time of, of 10 o'clock. Okay, we'll get started and get flowing and going. Don't forget this Wednesday, the 4th is a special Wednesday where we'll have praise and worship and then uh, a special prophetic time uh, with, uh, is he a pastor? Is he what? what with, what's his first name? Yeah, Joe. Yeah, Joe Schrader. Is he a pastor or anything? He just he goes by. Okay, yeah. And so we want to be able to give uh, honor to whom honor is due. And, and uh, be here, if you possibly can, to uh, embrace what God has to say through him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, one last thing, unless there... Oh, we have to do the offering. Yes. Father, we just... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had um, the scripture up here um, from uh, Malachi. Just to let you know, I do read the word right here. <laughs> and it says in Matthew chapter or Matthew Malachi chapter three verses ten and uh, eleven and twelve. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. Did you hear that? 
Bring all the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse so there will be a food in my temple. Okay? The food doesn't come to the temple just by, you know, God waving a little magic wand and poof, there it is. Poof, there it is. <laughs> it, it doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. We get the idea, especially with all the things that happen in a nowadays society, we just think it's that way all the time. And it's not. It comes from a lot of hard work of good folks like you and I. And then we put our tithe, we, get, we give God's part to the, to the church. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, hey, I'm just kicking out some old, you know, religious devils, okay, in the name of Jesus. So if that hurts your feelings, um, well... <laughs> Uh, and then it says, if you do, everyone say, if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before their time, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Wow. Hallelujah. Because you tithe. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a great word. Yeah, it is. It's a great word. Hallelujah. So, you know, we, you know how we give, okay, through the, the envelope there in the back or through the, the texting and through the online way. I uh, want you to be able to give uh, and, um, and just be a blessing. God's word says that you'll be blessed when you do. Hallelujah. So, um, and, and I, is there anything else? Oh, the, uh, you've got something. And then Brad also made mention to let me know or to tell you of the food that's out there. We've got Ziploc bags, you know, for you to pack them so that you can have more than enough. You know, there it is. God's what? He's more than enough. He will give you more than you can imagine or think. <laughs> so, yes, amen. Thank you. Praise God. Yeah, uh, remember, we have more than enough. Not just more than enough that you see, but more than enough that you don't see. How many of y'all have a little issue with making a, a decision and then you just don't get around to it, you know? I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, you know? And you just don't get around to it, you know? Well, there's three people here that are honest. Uh-huh, come on, you're in church, you can't lie now. Well, we're going to help you, okay? You know, it's a choice that everybody has to make. H or H, heaven or hell. And it's our job as ambassadors to make sure that we get around to doing the things that we're supposed to do. So on your way out, be sure and pick up one of these little desks. It says, it's a round one, and it says to it. So take this round to it desk and stick it on your mirror or someplace where you will see it every day so you have no excuse about getting a round to it. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, please stand up. It's been fun welcoming 2023 with you. If you take one of these round toots with you and put it in a prominent place, and you know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you will go to heaven.
Okay, okay. Father, we thank you for your blessings upon us. We thank you, Lord God, that we rejoice in you and what you're doing in our lives this very day and this year to come. In the name of Jesus, and everybody say it. Praise God. See you next time around, which is Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, Wednesday night.